Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. You can text us on the Edgar Snyder & Associates fan text line at 412-928-9370. Edgar Snyder & Associates reminds you to text responsibly. Craig Riley back with you. Monitoring, I'll call it, a report from Craig Mish. Uh, he's a verified account on Twitter. I don't know what his credentials are here. Uh, he has a baseball podcast. He, he's on SportsGrid, whatever in the world that is, tweeting out that there have been several Cardinals, Cardinals players have tested positive for COVID-19 per sources, more than five. We heard yesterday that there were two pitchers. They didn't name who they were, but it was two pitchers, and now it could be more than five, keeping a very close eye on that. The Pirates obviously have played the Cardinals. The Pirates have a series this week, home and home, four games with the Twins, who just wrapped up recently a series with the Cardinals. That has a lot of implications for the Pirates. And also, as we talked about earlier, Rob Manfred threatening the players already that if they don't clean up their acts, they're going to have to shut this season down. So keeping a very close eye on that, and as that gets sort of confirmed or more people come out with that, we'll get you information on it and. That's a big part of what I want to talk about later on with Josh Bell and what he had to say about this season anyway. So more on that as soon as we have it. But I told you I had an appreciation, or not appreciation, but sort of a what we learned about Derek Shelton idea for each week that I wanted to get to here on Bucko Talk. Derek Shelton, the guy, huge fan of him. Really, really like him. Super personable guy. As my producer Matt Harkins pointed out in the Inside the Pirates baseball that they do with Derek Shelton, or they did on him. You get a lot of Craig Riley FaceTime on that from down in the spring. Makes me an even bigger fan of Derek Shelton. Getting this beautiful mug on TV even more. Hey, great job. But really, a Derek Shelton, the guy, very cool, very personable, life, lifelong baseball guy, feels like the type of guy that this franchise needed coming off of everything that happened last year. But what all do we know about how Derek Shelton's going to manage a team, manage a game, different scenarios, all of that? Very little still. But each week we're getting clues and we're getting pieces to fill out that picture. And that's each week here. I, I feel like what I want to do is bring you some insight to who he is as we try and figure him out. So Derek Shelton, the competitor. The guy seems ultra competitive. One thing that he said this week that made me feel that way was talking about who's available and who's not in his bullpen. Birdie has been electric in his two appearances. I'm wondering, I have two questions about him. One, 
Do you have a specific formula for how you're using him? Is, is he not going to be available ever on back-to-back days, or, or what's, the, what's the formula with him? Well, there is a formula to, with him and how we use him. I, I can tell you guys one thing. I will never tell you who's available and who's not available because I think that's a competitive advantage for people we play. And that's not just you guys, because if I was going to tell anybody, it would definitely be you guys because, you know, we're close. <laughs> but, yes. but uh, you know, I don't think it's fair to, to talk about availability just because of the fact you're telling the other manager how you're going to do things. See, he's a personable guy. He made Ron Cook laugh. That is no easy feat. But what we learned there is he's a competitor. He's thinking about all the different competitive advantages he can get, and he's making use of one of them. I know this from covering the team. Last year, Clint Hurdle, anytime you ask, hey, this guy available in the bullpen? He'd tell you, yes or no. And every single time somebody would ask that question, and I would ask it because, hey, if you're going to give that information, why not get it? Every time he answered it, I thought, why in the world are you telling us this? Why in the world are you saying, yeah, 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 my best relievers, two of them aren't available tonight? Because if the manager on the other side sees that, they're going to manage the game differently, knowing they didn't have to worry about maybe your best setup man and your closer being available, that you were dipping into the reserves. And those late innings, you could probably not have come back there if you needed to. Save some of the better bats, because at some point you're going to get some terrible relievers, because that guy already told us his best pitchers aren't available today. That was wild to me. That he would just willingly say, yep, these guys aren't available. There was talk this year that there was going to be a little more competitiveness to even just the lineup card. Teams weren't going to reveal it. They weren't going to reveal who their starting pitchers were as far in advance as they normally do because they thought there was an advantage to it. Now, this may be just because of the nature of the Pirates pitching staff, but as I look here at the Pirates website and their probable pitchers, we have Mitch Keller tonight, Stephen Brawl tomorrow, and TBD the rest of the way. I like to think that's him sort of playing his cards close to the vest. Competitive guys. We learned that about him. Now, one other thing I really liked about Derek Shelton this week. I, I mentioned earlier, I wish the Pirates would have just come out and said it was a rebuild this year. It would have been easier for people to understand some of the decisions that were made, the lack of moves, and why certain guys are playing right now and certain guys aren't. Let me play this for you. Derek Shelton talked about the lineups. That was a big point of contention for me early on, that the Cardinals ran out virtually the same lineup the first three games of the year. Yadier Molina caught three games. Kevin Newman was out of the lineup in one of those games, and they were messing with the lineup every single day. So let's hear what Derek Shelton had to say about that and about his lineups. Derek, you've tried a lot of different lineups, hitting the guys a lot of different spots, using the bullpen, you know, maybe trying to protect some guys a little bit. You know, we saw the Cardinals basically use the same lineup, Milwaukee. Just talk a little bit about your approach to that, and, and are you trying to protect a couple of these pitchers in the bullpen? Well, I think to the first point, uh, Ron, is we are going to play different people. You know, I mean, there's certain teams that have set guys that they're, they're going to play every night and, and we're going, we're going to play different people and, and adjust our lineups and give people different opportunities because for a couple of reasons, number one, to, to get guys acclimated early on in case we need them. And number two, because of the fact that, that we have to make decisions on people and we have to continue to develop and we have to continue to get better. And, and guys are only going to get better if they play. And so you will see different lineups. Uh, the second part of it, I don't really think it's protecting guys as much as we got to make sure guys are ready. You know, if guys are in a position where they can pitch and they're available, then they will pitch. But the protection thing is more of the 
three-week spring training where guys aren't built up like normally they would be after seven weeks of spring training. And uh, I think we talked last week a lot about that you're going to see relievers used differently. This is not isolated to Pittsburgh and the Pirates. This is something that you're going to see league-wide. You're going to see usage be different with guys in terms of availability. And I don't know if it's much protection. It's just being aware of where guys are at. So Ben Charrington doesn't want to say it's a rebuild. Went out of his way not to call it that all off season. But I hear there the difference between, and this isn't necessarily the difference between Charrington and Shelton. It's the difference between a GM and a manager. GM is all about the wording and how things are going and the perception of it as well. Whereas Derek Shelton comes out and says to me what sounds like comments a manager of a rebuilding team would make. They're going to give opportunities. They have to make decisions on people, and they want to develop them. If you're trying to make the playoffs, if you're trying to win a World Series, you're not trying to make decisions on players' futures, necessarily. You're trying to win right now. That's your driving force. When you're, when you're sitting on that bench and you're making the moves, that's what motivates you. How do I win this game? Derek Shelton's looking at it like, I need to figure out what Kevin Newman's going to be. Brian Reynolds, I need to see what he can do. Colin Moran. Let's figure that one out. He needs to see if Cole Tucker can work in the outfield. So his moves have shown us that he's thinking that way. But it's nice to hear him come out and say, the lineup card and the way it's constructed, yeah. It's about seeing what we have in some of these guys, too. That's refreshing. I'm glad we heard that from Derek Shelton. I like that very much. Now, the last thing I want to play for you, Derek Shelton, the person. I've told you how I feel about him, but to continue to give you an idea of who he is as a person. There was a good moment with the Cook and Joe show this week. Every Wednesday at noon, I think that Derek, the Derek Shelton show is must-listen-to radio. I really, really enjoy it. And that's not just because I'm hosting a show called Bucko Talk. It's not because the Pirates are on this station. It's a great interview. Derek Shelton is a lot of fun in those, and the guys have a good time with him as well. They asked Derek Shelton about his first win, and we get another feel for who Derek Shelton the person is. Derek, can you talk about your first win a little bit and the celebration, maybe who you heard from? And I know you said after the game it was the best shower you've ever taken, but uh, can you share with us maybe some of the people you heard from that meant the most to you? Well, I mean, first and foremost, your family. Those are the people that mean the most. I mean, I was able to, to talk to my wife and my kids and my parents all through FaceTime uh, in, you know, in different calls and you know, anytime you spend time away from your family, it's special to have milestones. And, you know, even in this year where, you know, they can't be in the ballpark at any point for, for any of these, you know, personal things for me. I mean, I don't want to make it about me, but the personal thing. So it was very cool. Uh, I think you realize when you get your first win, it's kind of like when you get fired. A lot of people reach out to you and give you support. And I was really happy. I mean, with all the text messages and calls I received, uh, you know, I heard from old players, old coaches, you know, people I hadn't heard from for, for 20 years. So it was, it was really nice. And then, you know, the, the celebration afterwards, I, I really appreciate the players. You know, I got a pretty hearty beer shower with some orange juice and Red Bull and baby powder. And there was a lot of things in there. And I think, like I said, post game, if anybody that knows me knows that like we wasted a bunch of beer and, you know, that doesn't sit really great with me, but, uh, but it was really it was a cool moment. It's the first time I've ever gotten a beer shower, so it was a cool moment. Speaking of that, um, I mentioned to you last week I, I I was watching a documentary on Jim Leland that was really really good, and I happened to catch the 
story that Rob King did on you and your rise through the minors and your family and your relationship with your dad. And I thought that was great, too. And I'm wondering, uh, it got a little misty in our house, I have to tell you, Sheltie, uh, the part about you getting the phone call that you were the Pirates manager with your wife in the room, and then I think you called your dad. Can you take us back to to that moment? Yeah, I, I can. I mean, that's that's a moment that, that sticks out. I mean, the funny thing of how that all went down is, you know, I had interviewed for other managerial jobs and hadn't received them, received them and I had this theory that the longer in the day you went, the last chance you had of getting a job. And I knew that was the day Ben was making the decision and it got later in the day. And, you know, I was probably not a lot of fun to be around with my wife. And, uh, and I got a text from Ben that said, do you have a minute? And I was thinking, yeah, I got as much time as you want to talk. And he called and offered me the job and Allie was in the room and it, it was emotional. I mean, I still get emotional talking about it. You know, it, it's a lifelong dream and something that you, you know, you strive to accomplish. And, you know, I look at it as kind of like a family, a family goal because my parents have been there, you know, with me throughout everything. And my dad coached me and with my wife and kids. And then calling my dad was extremely emotional just because, you know, I know, I think he probably wanted it more than, than I did. And, uh, and I really wanted it. So I, I know how he felt about it. It, it was an extremely emotional moment, you know, for us, uh, I think of everything because it's a unique, you know, it's a unique fraternity. There's only 30 of us. There's only so many people that get to do this. And uh, I think he really knew that I wanted to be in Pittsburgh. And so it was a cool moment. I think they did a really good job on the show or whatever you call it. And uh, I was really happy with it. I don't know how you hear that and don't actually just like You may not like his moves, but Derek Shelton, the person, he's just such a normal guy. And he worked his tail off to get to where he is. I am a big fan of Derek Shelton, the person. I'm learning who Derek Shelton, the manager, is. That's still a no comment for me on that front. Definitely moves I don't like so far, but he's also managing a team that wasn't really built to win games, so he's playing the hand he was dealt. Up next, I wanted to talk about how sort of clairvoyant Josh Bell was during the pandemic, saying the team that sort of best navigates all of the health sides of things could have a competitive advantage, and there's more games getting postponed today that highlight that. That's all still to come. Craig Riley here with Bucko Talk. You can follow us on Twitter at 937TheFan, driven by Jim Shorky Kia, Pittsburgh's number one Kia dealer. Shop all three locations at shorkykia.com. More bad news on the baseball front still to come. This is the ultimate don't shoot the messenger segment. Craig Riley with Bucko Talk. And I'm not the one breaking this news. I'm just the one giving it to you. Things aren't good right now for baseball. The Brewers-Cardinals game postponed. That's according to basically every bigwig on Twitter that's in the baseball world. Jeff Passan said in text conversations with teammates Friday, the MLB Players Association player reps warned that if there's a big jump in test, positive tests over the weekend, the season could be canceled. We don't know sort of what the threshold is for that, but the fact that they were saying that, and then the very next day the Cardinals have between, what are they saying, more than five positive tests, that's not a great start. Bob Nightingale. There have now been 31 games postponed because of positive tests. Buster Olney. There was a lot of discouragement and concern in some clubhouses last night that this effort to play in 2020 can work. This news about the additional positive tests for the Cardinals will not help. Oh, but wait, it gets worse. Keith Olbermann jumping into the fray here. 
TV, regionals, and networks were told, and this is according to Olbermann, no games are guaranteed beyond Sunday. Basically, have other programming ready because we can't be certain we're going to be giving you baseball games to air. I love what I do. I love hosting pre- and post-games. I love doing bucko talk, and this makes me nervous. I, I generally like to be positive about things. Sure, I can crush the Pirates for certain moves and be upset about that, but my outlook on life is generally as a positive person. I like to look for the silver lining. It is getting very tough, very tough to find that right now. Bob Nightingale again here now. The Brewers-Cardinals game today really had no chance of being played after Friday's test results. He thinks MLB will have no choice but to postpone the Sunday doubleheader. That's the other thing. We're going to see that uh, seven-inning doubleheader situation between the Brewers and Cardinals because they didn't play yesterday. That's where they were going to move the game to. You get rid of that, we're up to 33 games now called off. What was it the other day? 20% of the league wasn't playing because of positive tests and games being postponed, canceled, however they're going to phrase it. This goes back to where I give blame all around. Rob Manfred, the players, they all get blame. And as I'm about to make the point about why they're not in the bubble, I see Jason Mackey tweet out, he understands why baseball couldn't do one big bubble. 30 teams, field availability, the regular season, all that. But here's the thing. It didn't have to be one. We heard early on Florida and Arizona. They were going to use those two places and do a bubble. You break up the league into two, and you put them in two places. I think that could have worked. It's working for hockey. They're in two different places. The NBA did one big bubble, different type of sport, different requirements. But their bubble's looking great. And now here's baseball. They, they can't take care of their own house right now. The Marlins have half their team, players, coaches, testing positive. They got guys that have been in Philly for a week, and they're going to take a bus back to Miami eventually. What kind of hazard pay does that bus driver get, by the way? That guy or woman, whoever it is, should write their own salary for that trip. But this is not good. There's no way to sugarcoat what's happening right now. I want to find the silver lining for you. There's still a pirate game tonight. I still want to get into that because it's Mitch Keller on the mound, and he is wildly important, the most important piece in my eyes to this whole season. Not in terms of wins and losses, but in terms of development, he has to work out. We're going to hear from him still in our next segment. We'll get you ready for tonight's game. That's still going to happen. But I can't sit here and do bucko talk and see all of these tweets about what's happening in baseball and not have a reaction to it and what's going on. Jared Diamond, heard him on the station, national baseball writer for the Wall Street Journal. He's told the of the new Cardinals positives, it's just one player. Or no, just one is a player. Now this is where I wonder what matters. Are we splitting hairs? Is it okay to do this? If the players are staying healthy, but the coaches aren't, the support staff aren't, will that shut down the season? Is that how this is being viewed? Is the outbreak that will shut down the season, does it have to be the players, or is it just basically anybody that's around? Man, am I hoping it's just the players, because maybe we have a chance then. 
But if it's, hey, everybody you have here, if we have an outbreak amongst all those people, and now we're already seeing what happened to the Marlins, now the Cardinals are dealing with it. Remember, the Pirates had just played the Cardinals not too long ago. And I'm not going to sit here and profess to be some expert on how COVID-19 works, but you know the asymptomatic, the two weeks of no symptoms, the two weeks of spreading, all that sort of stuff goes into play. Cardinals also just wrapped up with the Twins, who the Pirates are going to be playing in a home-and-home four-game series this week. And that's the ripple effect of this, that it doesn't need both teams to have positive tests. One team does it, and it's going to shut down games. And that's what could happen. The, The ripple effect could hit the Pirates this week if something happens with the Twins. Who knows? It's all speculation. We don't know what Rob Manfred meant when he told the players they had to be better about this. We didn't know... What, it, what they consider a true outbreak that would shut down the season. But I don't feel like we're getting farther away from, make, from that being a reality. We're, we're only getting closer at this point. Ironically, something I had planned for this segment was going to be to talk about how smart Josh Bell is because he talked about the coronavirus and the impact on the season and said, you know what, the team that handles this the best could have a competitive advantage. And before the season started, I thought that, you know what, this Pirates team, when I match them up against other rosters, it is obvious they lack the talent of other teams in baseball. But when all this started to happen in spring training, the Pirates were pretty much universally praised for how aggressive they were and the measures they took to clean things and keep the players safe and keep the players and all their staff healthy. So far, it hasn't been too bad for the Pirates especially compared to other teams in baseball. Now, that hasn't parlayed itself into a competitive advantage on the field yet for the Pirates. But we know a bunch more teams make the playoffs this year. At this rate, you may just need to be one of the last teams sort of standing. You need to just be one of the last teams still playing baseball, and you may get into the postseason. Because I feel this way, that the owners desperately and the league as well, desperately wants to get to the postseason. That's where there's money to be made for them. I wonder how hard they'll push in the concessions they'll make and changes they'll make to this season to make that still happen. Will they just say a team's done for the year? They didn't do it with the Marlins. And that was, a, that was what I think you can deem an outbreak. Calling what happened with the Marlins an outbreak, that's the right way to phrase it. They had an outbreak. They're still playing, or there are still thoughts about getting them back on the field. They're still working towards that. What's going to happen with the Cardinals now? Because let's face it, the Cardinals aren't the Marlins. They're a good team. Major League Baseball can do without the Marlins. Would Major League Baseball say the same about the Cardinals? Do they want them to be around? Will they push it forward that way? There are so many questions still to be answered about this, and that's what concerns me, that there's no clear way that this is being handled There's no, hey, if this happens, if X happens, then Y. We don't know. So we're left to speculate. We're left to wonder what's going to be the next step here. More games postponed today. That's the next step. Keith Olbermann reporting. TV networks, the regional networks being told, you might want to have other programming ready. We're not guaranteeing anything for you past Sunday at this point. That is very concerning to me. Josh Bell, very smart. Very smart. When he said the competitive advantage could just be in staying healthy. We'll see. 
because the implications of this are going to be weird after the season as well. If you get rid of teams or teams don't play 60 games, how do you determine your playoff teams? Just winning percentage? How do you determine the draft order for next year? There are so many questions outside of just the health side of this that are going to impact baseball for years to come, potentially. We already knew guys not developing this year were going to hurt small market teams like the Pirates because the minor leagues don't exist. You have a satellite camp and you can work some of those guys out, but not all your minor league players. This is going to be felt for a long time in baseball. And we're barely into the start of the season. We're already having these conversations. Not a great sign. A good sign for us, Pirates-Cubs game, still on pace to be played tonight. I'm grateful for that. Like I said, I absolutely love what I do. All I want is for this baseball season to keep being played. I love baseball. I love talking baseball. I love being here with you getting to do this every week. So, I'm mostly a positive person. Looking for the silver lining, the Pirates are going to play tonight, and we're going to get to watch Mitch Keller pitch. And for me, that's the most important part of this season. I'm going to enjoy that. Maybe enjoy it while I can, but at the very least, I'm going to sit down tonight, I'm going to watch Mitch Keller pitch, and that's a good thing. We're going to focus. we got one more segment left to Bucko Talk. We're going to focus on that. We're going to focus on the game that's being played tonight in Mitch Keller. You're going to hear from him as well. He talked yesterday about he's from Iowa, was for a brief period of time a Cubs fan growing up in that area. He's going to talk about getting to pitch at Wrigley. Talk about just what he's working on in general. His velocity was a little down in the last start. He'll get into that as well. Stick with us, Craig Riley, Bucko Talk, here for Mitch Keller, and we'll get you ready for tonight's game as well. Craig Riley back with you on Bucko Talk. I took a deep breath during the commercial break. It's not all doom and gloom. Things are okay. Games may be getting postponed in baseball, but we still have a game here tonight. Mitch Keller's on the mound. I'm excited to watch him pitch. I thought it was very impressive the way Mitch Keller clearly didn't have his best stuff his first time out but still pitched well because Mitch Keller, even with his good stuff last year, wasn't good. And when he didn't have his good stuff, he was awful. That's how you end up with an ERA in the sevens. But good sign. Mitch Keller was able to work his way through it and still look good. Mitch Keller, as I say over and over again, the most important aspect of this season and the future for the Pirates organization. He met with the media yesterday to talk about today's game. He's from Iowa. He grew up for a brief period of time a Cubs fan. It's his first time at Wrigley. Talked about all that. Talked about getting the start tonight. Also was asked about the Marlins situation, how the players are handling it. So we're going to hear all that from Mitch Keller now. Hey, Mitch, we were just talking about Wrigley Field, but wanted to ask you, this is your first start there. Is that, uh, I'm guessing, a little extra special, just what's going through your head right now about pitching there tomorrow? Um, yeah, it's definitely special. I'm excited about it. Um, I think the whole uh, – it's going to be it's going to be different than a normal one here. So the whole uh, thing about Wrigley is the fans and the and the atmosphere it brings. So it's going to be not the same, but um, it'll definitely still be a cool experience. Mitch, I'm just curious, being from Iowa, was that a place where you went at all growing up? Not a terribly long drive. Were you a Cubs fan in any way growing up? Um, I think I was a Cubs fan for maybe like a year. I think I have a Cubs hat there, but I don't really know. Just a phase. But um, I came to a few games when I was really little um, here, but. Uh, most summers I didn't really have the time. I was playing baseball every weekend, so um, we went to a few, but not not too many here. Mitch, did you hear about the uh, the Cardinals today? A couple of players were tested positive, and uh, their game against the Brewers was postponed today. When you hear about that, and you hear about the what's going on in Miami, amongst the players, do you get concerned? Do you talk about it, saying that it's out there, and you know maybe if we're not careful, this could happen to us? 
Um, yeah, definitely. I think it's an eye-opening experience for all of us that it can happen to any team at any time, really. So um, just knowing that it's out there and knowing that we were at risk, too, and all the guys knowing uh, we're, we've been informed on how to prepare ourselves and to keep ourselves as um, safe as possible, and that's one way we do that is just wearing our masks. I know we've all gotten the N95 masks now to try and help stop the spread and help to keep all of us safe when we're on the road, especially. I guess kind of along those lines, too, how much more greater concern is there now that it is a team like the Cardinals, obviously with the Marlins kind of, I don't want to say contained, but you're not playing these teams. Now it's, I guess, that much more real. Is that is there that much more concern? Um, I wouldn't say there's any more concern, um, knowing that we've played them. Cause, I mean, there's a chance that any, of, any team that we play has it. Um, I think it just goes back to all of us knowing that we have to wear our masks everywhere and wash our hands and be distant and um, just just really knowing that if we're taking the most precautionary measures that we can, that we'll ultimately be safer. Mitch, what are you taking from your first start into a tomorrow's start? What are you looking to improve upon? Um, just, I, I didn't have my best stuff my last start, but I managed to get through it, so i uh, put in some work here that's in between starts here and hopefully get some better stuff and um, just really looking forward to throwing some more first pitch strikes and getting ahead and staying ahead and, and taking those long counts, 3-2, two, 2-2 two, two counts out of the picture. Mitch, did you identify any reason maybe for the velocity drop in particular? Um, no, I, I I don't really have an answer for you for that one. Um we were going back trying to look at some video and stuff, but nothing really stuck out. I mean, my last live before that, I was sitting 95, so I'm not really too sure. But my bullpen felt really good this this week. Uh, I had the wraps auto on, and everything looked really good to me. And below was great, so hopefully, <laughs> hopefully tomorrow will be the same. Hey Mitch, just to clarify something, you guys now are required to wear N95 masks. Is that what you said? Uh, yeah, yeah, we are required to wear N95 on the bus and then on the plane. And, and okay. when we're when did that start? Did that start like just with this road trip or? Yeah, it started. I think it started yesterday when we traveled, and then. Okay. Mitch, the numbers um, seem to show that pitchers are ahead of hitters right now. Um, do you think that's sort of standard early season stuff, or do you think that's exacerbated by what a weird sort of run up this was? Um, I think it's got a lot to do with just pitchers being really good, and I know I know a lot of pitchers didn't take time off during the quarantine, so it could be that early season thing that we're dealing with getting the hitters ramped back up again. Um, yeah, I don't I don't really know exactly why that is, or or what it might be too. I would have to say probably just you know, getting going really fast and. In the inter-squad games, I know a bunch of guys weren't playing full nine innings during those, so that could be it, too. Mitch, we just saw the rule come across about uh, now being seven-inning doubleheaders, just to, I guess, keep the limit the amount of time you guys are at the field and everything. You would have dealt with that in the minors, right? The seven-inning doubleheaders? Oh, yeah. Um, There's no really change um, there on on our end. Um, Still playing the game. You might see more complete games from starters that way, but, yeah, nothing really different there. Mitch, the other day uh, 
Derek Schultz had said that you'd be hard-pressed to find anybody in, through the first few games of the season, any catcher, better defensively than Jacob Stallings. What, what makes him so good? What do you like about him when you pitch to him? Yeah, every pitch that you throw, you know he's he's working his tail off to get it for you. Even if it's three three baseballs outside, he's going to try and get you that strike. And then um, just being able to throw guys out at any time, too. And even with a guy on third base, I just had the most confidence in the world that he's going to knock it down and keep it in front of him. Uh, so it's 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 a real big confidence booster for all of us pitchers having him having him back there, and knowing he's he's working really hard for every pitch for us. Just real quick, Mitch, just uh, your thoughts on the Cub lineup this season, what you'll be facing tomorrow. They're a little different. Yeah, they are a little different. I know um, they got some new pieces and a little different last year, new manager. So we're excited to uh, face them and see what they bring to the table. Um, I know some of their guys are hot. Some of them are in that mid or the early season form. So should be fun uh, here at Wrigley in these, these three games. So looking forward to it. All right, that was Pirates starter Mitch Keller talking with the media via Zoom yesterday, getting ready for today's start. Talking about facing that Cubs lineup. Cubs are tied for second in the league with 12 home runs on the season. The Pirates, as we look ahead to the rest of the week, I'm going to remain positive and say that the Pirates are going to be playing their games this week. The Cubs are, like I said, tied for second with 12 home runs. The Detroit Tigers somehow lead the league with 15 home runs. This is going to be a good test this week for the Pirates. They're facing the Cubs. 12 home runs on the year, tied for second. They have a home-and-home, home, four games with the Twins. Know what they did last year home run-wise. They have 12 this year. They're tied for second. And then they have the Tigers after that. And they lead the league in home runs. This Pirates pitching staff is going to get worked out. I'm less worried about the bullpen. I pretty much know what we have there. I'll be interested to see Nick Birdie, somebody like that, against these power bats. But I really want to see Mitch Keller go up against a good team like this. And... You got Mitch Keller today, figure another, what, four games, and he'll pitch again. He'll maybe have that first game against the Tigers on Friday, so that's a team that's swinging a hot bat. That's what I want to see at this point. I want to see Mitch Keller get challenged. I want to see him face better lineups, and I want to see how he does because he is so important to what this team is going to do moving forward. Not this year, 2021, 22, 23, all of it. Mitch Keller is the most important arm they have in the organization. If he doesn't work out, it sets them back drastically. If he does, you have a top-of-the-rotation kind of guy that you can start to sort of build the rest of the pieces of the rotation around. That's a huge advantage if they can work that out. That's what the new pitching staff has to or The new staff, Oscar Marine, all of them, they have to figure out how to make Mitch Keller realize his full potential, something the old regime obviously didn't do. I'm not going to beat my head against that wall and talk about Tyler Glass now, Garrett Cole, Charlie Morton, all those guys again. That's why anytime Mitch Keller talks or he's going to pitch, it's a really big deal right now, and I think it's worth our attention. So, again, the positive side of things, I'm going to remain optimistic that despite everything we're seeing right now, 31 games now postponed this year with the Brewers and Cardinals being shut down today. Could be 33 if their doubleheader gets shut down tomorrow. That's a lot. Things aren't looking great. All the national baseball writers, you follow them on Twitter, it's not looking good. Games getting postponed, more positive tests, commissioner threatening players, all of that stuff. Local government officials aren't happy, players high-fiving too much, they're spitting too much, all of that sort of stuff. What weird things I'm saying right now that I never thought I would say, ah, these baseball players, they're just spitting too much out there. The times we live in. But looking ahead. An interesting week, a chance at development for these Pirates teams. You're going to get the Cubs, 
obviously good bats. The Twins, another team. And, and the interesting thing about the Twins, too, and this will be the real shame of it if things do get shut down, because as I told you earlier, that Keith Olbermann report, networks are being told we're not guaranteeing you anything past Sunday, have other programming ready. This is the shame for Derek Shelton. He gets his first chance to manage and has to deal with all of this. And it gets started late, and it takes him a while to get that first win. And then he's going to get to manage against his good friend, Rocco Baldelli, the manager of the Twins. Close relationships with people over there still. And that's this week. You know it's something he had circled on this schedule. They go to Minnesota for two games. The Twins come here. You know that was going to be a highlight for Derek Shelton, that he was looking forward to that. And now all of a sudden, that's Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and they're saying potentially after Sunday, we'll see. That would be such a shame that Derek Shelton has something like that where he's going to get to see all those people again, get to experience a sense of normalcy. He's back in Minnesota where he's familiar with the surroundings, even though he's not going to get to take advantage of them. But that's 2020. That's everything in a nutshell. And I'll be honest, I was looking forward to seeing the seven-inning doubleheader between the Cardinals and Brewers tomorrow. I like the weirdness of this season. I like the DH in the National League. I like the runner starting on second and extra innings. And apparently, if the seven-inning games went into extra innings, the eighth was going to start with that runner on second. Same extra innings rules apply. I was interested to see how those games got managed. What if a pitcher was perfect through seven? Does that go down in history books as a perfect game? Statistically, it would. Would it have an asterisk next to it? I was intrigued by all of these things to see how it was going to play out. Going to remain optimistic that what's going on with the Cardinals, they handle it. The Phillies, good news from there, they have been able to resume workouts again after being exposed to the Marlins the way that they were. So at least some good news on that front. I'm remaining optimistic that at this time next week, I'll be back hosting Bucko Talk, talking about a full slate of games that the Pirates had played. The news that all broke this morning, not great. Good news for the Pirates. Things are still working well for them. They got the Cubs. That's a team that hasn't had positive tests. You got the Twins. They were exposed to the Cardinals. They still appear to be okay. We'll take it day by day, and hopefully we'll keep having baseball. And I'll be back here with you next week, 9 a.m. to 11 a.m., talking Pirates, getting upset about things, screaming about Rob Manfred, and celebrating whoever threw at the Astros this week. That's my pledge to you that I'll bring that to you next week. Let's hope that we get there. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com.